Hello, friends, and welcome to Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B. Uh, this is Jay Trainer coming your way. It is good to be with you guys. Welcome aboard. Uh, we're testing out some new equipment tonight, so for those of you who are on the video side of things, uh, please uh, deal patiently with me tonight. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Today is the first official day of winter. Burr! It's cold out. It's also uh, a time and season in life, guys and ladies, where daylight starts improving after today. So, woohoo! That's exciting, right? I, I'm I'm so pumped up about that. Uh, tomorrow is uh, December 22nd, uh, and then Christmas is just man, it's just three days away. Festivus is the 23rd, and Christmas Eve the 24th, and Christmas Day the 25th. So. Good to be with you guys. The, there's a couple of you watching right now, which is really cool. Welcome aboard. Good to be with you guys and ladies uh, that are tuned in right here. Um, we are looking at this thing called conviction, which is really a crazy thing uh, when you really think about it. Conviction is not an easy venture. It's not something that is, um, that is whoa, hey, I'm out of focus now. It's not something that is uh, a fun topic necessarily to talk about, but I'll tell you, it is something that is needed. And conviction is a good thing, even though it doesn't feel good in different moments that we experience it. But conviction is, is a good thing because in the long run, it allows us to, to grow in the Lord, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. And so tonight... I want us to focus in on conviction, not from the mindset of it being a bad thing or a negative thing, but conviction from the mindset that says, you know what, there's opportunity here. What that opportunity looks like, we're going to dive into scripture and talk about it. But I want everybody for a second to close your eyes, don't doze off on me, and think about a time in your life where you were convicted. Now for me, the, the answer is easy. I feel convicted all the time being a dad. I've got three little ones. I know what uh, I know what life looks like and how difficult it can be. I understand what it means to go through trials and tribulations. Uh, again, I'm a dad. I've got three little ones and life gets busy. I mean, for lack of a better way of saying it, Life just gets busy. So in my case, in my situation, I know for me, I've, I've got to handle conviction with care because it can, it can send me down a downward spiral, which is not a good thing, especially if shame loves to kind of uh, make its way in and penetrate and take up residency inside my life uh, or bitterness sets in, it's it's huge. It's huge. But conviction doesn't have to be a bad thing. Conviction actually can be uh, a good thing. Now listen, on one end of the spectrum, on one side of the coin, you have uh, conviction from the point of view of people that have no sensitivity whatsoever. They're possibly desensitized. They may feel guilty about a decision or choice that is made. But um, but in the end, they kind of dismiss it and, and shut it off to the side. They have no sensitivity to feeling guilty at all. I mean, do, do you know people that are 
cold like that? Do you know people that are that are desensitized like that? Maybe they're numb. Maybe they're so embittered. Uh, it, it happens. It happens in, in everyday life. I see it, and you probably see it too. Now, on the other end, you might be so incredibly oversensitive to conviction that you carry a sense of, of ongoing shame, almost like you're defective or that you have no value. The fact of the matter is, is there's somewhere in the middle that is, that is a healthy balance. And I want to ask you this simple question. What are, what are some feelings that are associated with these reactions of being desensitized or maybe oversensitized? Yeah, shame is one of them. Yeah, numb is, is another one. But what are some other feelings that are associated with, with these reactions? about taking a stance of being uh, too desensitized or oversensitized. Maybe some other feelings are feelings like being scared or missing out on joy or maybe it's fearfulness. Those are just some examples that I could think of uh, right off the, the top of, of this broadcast. But here on Untorn, I want us to understand that that conviction is an essential thing for relationship with Jesus. I'd like to share with you just four quick passages that are found in the book of Psalms that relate to conviction and how conviction is a good thing. God is with us in the midst of conviction because he brings us back to himself if we approach it and look at it from the point of view of it being an opportunity instead of being an obligation. So this is Psalm 32, verse 3. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. Notice conviction here is a sense of ugh or groaning or remorse in a sense. Psalm 38 verse 4 says this, For my iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they weigh too much for me. Conviction in this case is is something that demands a response, meaning in this case, in Psalm 38, uh, conviction can't be handled by oneself. There's help that is needed. Then you have Psalm 51 verse 3 where it says, For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Almost like sin is the companion. Sin is part of who uh, this psalmist is. In this case, it's David. Psalm 91 is, is coming from David's heart. So you have, you have that reality. And then you have Psalm 73 verse 21 where it says, My heart was embittered and I was pierced within. Again, talking about the nature there of conviction. A piercing that happens on the inside. So I want us to be careful tonight, not to be desensitized, numb, to when conviction comes knocking on the door of our hearts. But likewise, I also don't want us to be so super saturated with conviction that we feel like our lives need to be the welcome mat for shame to come and park itself on the porch of our lives. I don't want to go down that road. I think somewhere in the middle of viewing it 
not from the obligation standpoint, but viewing it from an opportunity standpoint. That's huge. So here are some thoughts tonight as it relates to conviction. But before we go there, I'd like to read to you a passage out of Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, that relates to conviction and the different attitudes that the psalmist writes about in Psalm 32, verse 3, Psalm 38, verse 4, Psalm 51, verse 3, and Psalm 73, verse 21. So this is Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. God, be with the reading of your word tonight, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bring conviction where it's needed. God, I pray that I would be convicted during this holiday season to remain parked into your reality. Help us, Lord, to discuss some of the deeper things tonight that are relevant to and come alongside the opportunity when conviction is there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time. We love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. So this is Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat on the boat, he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the boat, or in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Can you imagine being so weighed down by that many fish? That's awesome. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. We're going to talk about this in a few moments. But how often do we want to isolate or hide ourselves from the one that gives us victory, from the one that rescues us from utter defeat? We push them aside. We push them away sometimes. More on that in a few moments. For he was awestruck, referring to Simon Peter, for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as they, as were the others that were with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. It's a reading of God's word tonight, and here are some thoughts that relate to conviction in this passage, I believe, that, that are spot on. There are four thoughts that I have in relation to this passage as it deals with conviction. First one is this. There's a re required response that comes with conviction. We can't sit idle. We cannot sit on the sidelines. We cannot sit thinking that uh, passive-aggressively, that it will work itself out by itself. 
a response is needed. And the question becomes, what sort of response will you have as, as you face conviction? Maybe you've buried yourself so deep. You've added so many layers on top of your head that you have an attitude that is desensitized to conviction, as we've already talked about timelessly in, in our time together tonight. Conviction will continue to knock, and it will demand a response. So what sort of response will, will you have as conviction comes? You have one of three things. You could say, yes, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to own it. You could say no and try to push it aside and and almost convict somebody else of it. Or the third thing, and this is the thing that I often do, is I wait. Just like God's answers to prayer, yes, no, and wait. It's the same when it comes to conviction for you and for me. We can respond, yes, I am convicted. No, I'm going to push it off on somebody else or wait for it to blow itself up in our lives. And next thing we know, it creates humiliation. But when we say yes, we walk to conviction from the point of view of saying, I want to be humble. When we say no to it, we push it aside and say, you know what, I'm going to have an ego. And if we wait for conviction to erupt in our lives, then we become embittered. So it demands a response. The second thing, point number two, uh, that conviction talks about or or that this passage relates to with regard to conviction is the words awestruck and amazed. When was the last time you were completely dumbfounded by something? Just blown away about maybe a fact or a figure or something that you witnessed, whatever the case may be. I have not approached conviction from an awestruck attitude lately in my life. And I feel like I need to. I need to be awestruck at the very grace and mercy that God showed to me by sending his son for me. I need to take and incorporate that attitude a little bit more in my in my everyday life. And maybe you can relate to that. Maybe that's you. Maybe you can understand what it means to, to need to be awestruck again. But that's me. And maybe that's you. If you've lost sense of being awestruck by the presence of God in your life, then my guess is you've been desensitized in some capacity. When was the last time you were amazed at the work of God? I'm trying to think of some recent times in my life where I've just been blown away. And I know God's been there. I know God has shown up. I think about some of the personal time I've had with the Lord lately and how amazed I am again that God cares about me in such a profound way. It's amazing when you think about it. That's point number two. Third thing that relates to conviction 
is one of our reactions can be one of isolation. Where we push people in our lives aside, we push God aside, we push everything on the back burner and we think and believe that nobody understands our situation and then we go through life alone and then we feel alone and then in the process of feeling alone we want to make other people feel bad because we've pushed them away but we think that they've done it and so on and so forth you get the vicious cycle it's nuts when you think about it and the thing with conviction is that when you don't live in community within your conviction and you walk in isolation and you do the lone ranger thing, what ends up happening, what ends up taking place, my friends, is bitterness seeps in. Shame seeps in. Fear seeps in. And you're made for so much more than that. And so am I. And so we are called to, and this leads to the fourth and final point, of tonight's broadcast. We're called to fear not. To not live in fear, to not be people that are going to stand around and allow fear to dictate what we do and what we don't do. All too often in my life, I've done that. And i got to stop doing that. My guess is maybe you can relate to that in some capacity. I don't know. What I do know, my friends, is that I sit here in my living room, doing Untorn. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this broadcast now for probably five, six years easily. Not necessarily every week, but I try. And as I sit here and watch, there's... About three people that are watching right now. I noticed a couple comments that came up earlier. Thanks for chiming in and sharing. And yeah, some of the equipment has changed. We've gone from audio to video, or actually started with video first and then brought in the audio side. Now we're bringing back in the video side. Thank you, Facebook, for developing Facebook Live, which is pretty cool. Um But I say all this to say that in the midst of conviction, even when we want to live in fear, even when we want to isolate ourselves, God is with us. He is still Emmanuel in the midst of conviction when we push him away. And he loves you and he loves me. And I hope to keep doing this broadcast as I get older and as I age. I hope to be doing this more, honestly. I love this. That's why the new video equipment. But my prayer for you, my prayer for me is is that we would recognize that God is with us even in the hardship of conviction. Even in the difficult situations of life, God is with us. And that is the Christmas story. He's with you even in times where you don't feel like you need him. He is with you. And that, my friends, is really tonight's Untorn. So I want to thank you for being part of this. I want to thank you for being part of this broadcast. We're going to continue uh, next week again on Thursday night, uh, same time, even though it's in the middle of the Christmas and New Year's week. I don't care. I'll still be here. 
Why not, right? Set up the camera and do it. Set up the microphone and do it. Warm up the mic. Why not? So thank you. Thanks for being part of this. Uh, I am going to be posting, actually, some notes on tonight on my Facebook newsfeed, so if you want, or on my timeline. So if you would like to download those things, please feel free to do so. I'll be posting those in the next 5-10 minutes after uh, we end this live broadcast. But again, thank you for being part of this. It is an honor and a privilege. Uh, but I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. God bless you, my friends. Until next time, you've been watching and listening to Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer, saying so long for now. We'll see you next time.